whether it's taking care of family. Ugh, Mikey, stop harassing your sister. Climbing the corporate ladder. Yes, yes, yes. We need to create a new spreadsheet for the project. I know, I know. Or even taking care of loved ones. I'm here for you, Mom. You have to put you first. It's the Know You First podcast with host Amanda Smith. Thank you for tuning in to another week of the Know You First podcast. We are three episodes into season two, and I was just reading some of your comments and feedback, which has been so positive. I see you and I appreciate you. And I want you to keep on sharing your feedback on what you think about the show, because that helps me carve out topics to highlight each week. And if you want to reach me, please email me at knowyoufirstpodcast, all one word, at gmail.com. Or some of you have been sliding into my DMs, and that's okay, too. Either way, keep those questions coming and comments, because I cannot do this work week after week without you all. So thank you. Exclusive guest interviews. My guest this week, I'm not sure if y'all ready. I'm not sure if y'all are ready. Serial entrepreneur, CEO and founder of Get Shit Done, Alex Badtorf, is simply changing the game when it comes to fueling your passion. As she's helping entrepreneurs achieve meaningful growth without sacrificing their purpose in pursuit of profit. I think this is such an important topic as we look at the financial side to self-care. Financial wellness can play such a big part in monitoring stress and We don't even talk about it. We don't even talk about it often because of the sensitivity we have as a culture when talk about money and wealth. Financial stress is so very real and so many are suffering in silence because of the shame and the lack of financial literacy of how generational wealth can be established. Let's stop pretending that financial stress is not real and it doesn't bring a lot of anxiety and uncertainty It doesn't mean money is the root of all happiness. Please don't get it twisted. But money alone is not going to fulfill your happiness. Money in itself does not reciprocate love and emotions and all those things we look for in these tangible objects. But money does pay the bills. It allows us to invest in our education, our careers, our livelihood. So why don't we talk about this more? Take a listen as the Get Shit Done Queen, your superpower side chick, Alex Batdorf, breaks this on down. Thank you so much for having me. It's really interesting because the work I do is basically tethered to um, wealth generation. As someone who is biracial, my mother's African-American, my dad was white. Um, Generational wealth and wealth generation in general is really important to me um, just because I've seen how it has impacted our communities, even though, especially in the U.S., there would be nothing without black bodies, um, yet we still aren't able to benefit from what we've built. And so entrepreneurship was I mean, I wasn't that kid that had a lemonade stand and had a newspaper route. My brother did. I refused to wake up before a certain time. You are not getting me up at 5 a.m. if it's not like for a cheap flight. Um, Yeah, I was more of a curious kid. So 
Um, I'm grateful for my mother who, when I would be interested, I'm the youngest and we always joke. I think by the time, uh, cause I have a eight and nine year gap between my brother and sister. So they're closer in age mm-hmm. than I am. We're tight knit. And it's, it's interesting cause you know, even with them, we don't share the same biological mother. Um, but m- our mom is our mom. Like we share the same, like our mom raised us. Um, but I, I don't believe in half siblings. That's just weird. No, they're yeah. siblings. We're down. Yeah. Um, so we're very, very close. Um, and we're kind of a turn up family in general. So, <laughs> um, it's awesome. But yeah, when I was a kid, I was just very curious about things I wanted to explore. And I think in that exploration, I went from dancing to sports, to Uh, instruments to finally when I got to undergrad I thought maybe I wanted to be a doctor or a lawyer because within I think a lot of underserved communities that's the path to what success looks like Um, it's a safe bet and Mm -hmm. as soon as I got like first week of undergrad I was like no I don't want to do that God, Um, we have similar I went into my work pre-med and when I first started college and I was like oh no I I don't want to be in school that long and man look at that price tag so right yeah so yeah for me um I think the accumulation of all those experiences I knew when I was a kid when you know adults would ask me what do you want to be when you grew up and I would say I'm gonna rule the world and I was saying that since I was a kid and my mom used to be like oh my god they're gonna think my kid's crazy for me it was always about impact because I have like I mean, my grandmother spent her career trying to reduce the recidivism rate within the black community, making sure young black youth coming out of prison had a job. My mom literally volunteers her time, making sure that juveniles do not get get put back in the system. So for me, it was always about impact. What can we do when you can accumulate a lot of wealth? Um, And how do you drive that back into our communities? Because these government organizations, a lot of these things are not set up for us to thrive. Um, and that breaks my heart. And I think as I got older, it was looking at the facts that, you know, if we will have negative wealth generation by 2053, if we stay on this path, women in particular, if you look at the self-made women's list, like on Forbes, you either those women and again, civil rights, women's rights did that wasn't that long ago. Yeah. So we have a lot of work to do. A lot of those women, their wealth comes from dad, husband, or you are a bionic athlete like Serena Williams, or you're a pop star like Rihanna. And God bless them, love them, but it feels so unattainable. So, you know, for me, the work I get you done was, I've been an entrepreneur since I was 19. I started my first company, an undergrad, um, and I haven't looked back since. I think every therapist, coach I've ever had, like you would be terrible as an employee. Like I would terrorize (laughs) if I had a boss, I'd be a terror. Like I'm just so stubborn and I have like a very specific like vision and people can say what they want about Steve Jobs. There's parts of Steve Jobs where I'm like, you think that's asshole. I think that's genius. Yeah, yeah, Um, absolutely. (laughs) I think there's special characters that are entrepreneurs. Let me just tell you, it's it's not. Yeah, you're crazy. We look crazy. (laughs) We look crazy. Like I and, and it's so funny when people are like, 
Oh, like, especially the, the, this is a whole different topic when guys are like, oh, girls are like women are crazy. I'm like, I don't say women are crazy. I'm crazy. So like, this is, what You're I do requires it. me to be crazy. I'm owning it. Like, is that supposed to be an insult? Um, but yeah, I, I have I've always had a very particular vision since I was a kid. So fast forward, I, you know, built two like it's my third business now. But my first two were in fashion tech. I've done the bootstrap route. I've done the venture capital route. So my last company raised um, some a good amount of money. And then we exited in 2019. I would say a year, year and a half before the exit happened, I resigned, moved from Chicago to New York. And there was a few different things that were really having a fire in my belly. One was I didn't realize I was burnt out in my own company until it was too late. So there was accumulation of things that happened there. I'm like, it's not enough for me to just make money because I think you can make money off of anything. It has to be where I get up and this is something I want to put my energy into every single day. And it goes back to since I was a kid, impact. Ruling the world means impact and not just impact for myself. It is how do you make impact for others? Because I believe that I was put on this earth to do that. Um, That's one of my callings. And then the other thing was there was two really loud narratives happening around women entrepreneurship. And for someone who had become a part of these top percenters, um, which I, I hate these like <laughs> terms, but um, I had been in the top percent of women who had raised capital and then also a woman who had scaled beyond a million in re- revenue. That's amazing. And so it was very there was not many of us at the table. And I just remember two loud narratives, one being it's so hard for women entrepreneurs without really tangible solutions being offered. And the sociologist in me cannot stand just talking about stuff without thinking about the context and what, what, where are we moving towards to make an impact for people? And then the other one was, well, if women just had an investor, all of our problems would be solved as entrepreneurs. And I'm like, well, this is bullshit. Yeah. It's bullshit because the sociologist in me is like, we cannot continue to take things out of context because the fact of the matter is most people know this stat, 2% of funding goes to women. Well, that's 2% of less than 1%. That goes to anybody. But does anyone talk about that? No. No. I was going to say, yeah, that's not discussed at all. <laughs> it's not. It's not. And so it, be, it creates a lot of noise yeah. that within that context, is it problematic? Absolutely. Yeah. But if you zoom out, more than 99% of people, that is not the problem and the barrier for them. So I wanted to understand systemically what is keeping women behind. So I get shit done my now company. And this is where accumulation of experiences. Don't y'all just love that really, title, get shit done. I mean, sometimes <laughs> you just have to lay it on the line as basic as that. That's it. And we know our tribe because they're just like this. That's that's it. That's what that's I want to do. You know, when I talked to, I spent thousands of hours talking to hundreds of women before I even launched um, to understand what are we solving for? Because I think there's so many well-intentioned things in the space, whether it's programs, groups, whatnot, for women entrepreneurs fundamentally and at a systemic level, there's not a lot of change happening and I want to understand, well, why? Yeah. Um, and so our motto at Get Shit Done is fuck 4%. And this is why we say that. Not to be cute or kitschy. It's because women make up nearly 50% of entrepreneurs, but our companies only bring in around 4% of total business revenues. Mm-hmm. If we don't solve for that, that funding conversation don't matter. Yeah. Because again, most people aren't going to get that check. And even if you are in a position to get an institutional check, to get a check from an angel investor or a VC, whatnot, 
is that a lot of women are getting to their companies to a point where it has de-risked the investment so the investor has the the faith to put money in is there absolutely bias yes for sure yes 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 um but it's kind of like if you were to go put your money on the stock exchange if there's not something with historical performance and it's already super risky to invest early stage you don't have much to go off of you probably don't want to put much of your money down when you don't see a lot of performance so for me i get shit done and, and the vision behind it was how about we help women entrepreneurs and support them in moving through the revenue pipeline Mm -hmm. and getting traction so they have optionality in how they scale because if they don't have that if that's not at the table they don't have something to show for it then we're sitting ducks and does is the system stacked against us absolutely but as a woman I'm like, everything's always stacked against. So what we going to do? <laughs> exactly. These so, are the chips that are before us. So this now is what? it. And yeah. this is why I'm like, when I think of my ancestors, I'm just like, this is why civil rights, women's rights. We're just like, we're double whammied all the time. And we're just like, I don't have time to yeah. complain. Yeah. If we going to do something, let's be about it. That's and right. so I think that that not even I think that's where Get Shit Done came from is an accumulation of my own experiences scaling successfully and saying there needs to be more women at this table. But more importantly, we need to talk about why they're not here and we cannot continue taking things out of context because I'm going to tell you right now, founders getting capital from investors is not the problem because the majority of companies that are started, it's coming from a founder's checking savings 401ks. Now, if we talk about family money that came in, that's different than institutional capital. Friends and family is so different. And does it suck because a lot of us don't come from that? My family wasn't able to put in a check in my last company. It gave me a hug, said good luck. Yeah, yeah. Let's pray over it, you know? Let's, Let's pray, pray over it. Yeah. And so one of my favorite sayings from Tyler Perry is just like, I don't get why people fight with what is. If you don't like it, do something different. Right, And. Right. That's kind of it. I was like, you know what? I'm not going to do this thing of like, fuck the patriarchy, all that. I'm like, yeah, it's bullshit. Yeah, I don't like it. But I also don't have the energy to extend when instead of me trying to fight with what is that has been in, in set for generations. Right. I'm going to go do something different because that's going to take away the energy in my life to do what I was supposed to do over here. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, that's really where Get Shit Done came from and the work we do. Well, I really appreciate you giving us all of that insight um, because, I mean, you came with receipts and data and analytics and and all of that stuff. And I think it's really important for everyone to understand the big picture. You know, we talk about these things and I know we always seem like we're so angry, but you have shown us in numbers what the real picture looks like and why we should, in fact, be concerned. And you said something else that I'm so glad you touched on. And that was the your, your passion. You didn't realize you were burnt out. And that is something, you know, even though we talk about following your passion, you're going to work hard, but not to the point where you're not healthy enough to carry on. And, you know, we do get wrapped up in these projects and we're so passionate, but we could still burn out. And I appreciate you saying that that, in fact, happened to you. And, um, you know, because, it, you know, it's something that we should be you know, taking a closer look at. One of the things you do, Alex, that you talk about quite a bit is finding your power and finding your power specifically in business. And, you know, you kind of laid some of that out already, um, but I'm sure there's steps or levels to this process or, you know, I'd love to get some insight on what that really means, you know, finding your power in business. There's so many steps to this. And I think the 
What my grandmother calls us is the microwave culture. She's like, y'all just want things instantly. Um, And this is why my favorite subsets of people to talk to are kids. I have nieces and nephews. Um, The boys are now going into high school, so they're not as open. They're too cool now. They still talk to me sometimes. Um, but then you, like I have, you would be the cool aunt, though. I am. I am. They hang out with me a lot when when we're around each other. Um, and then I have two and three year old nieces. Um, then we have like the older wise folks in my life, like my grandparents. And what I love so much is younger people, especially kids, aren't as tainted yet because they haven't been socialized to um, not recognize their worthiness. And older folks, wise folks are in the position where they've gone through it and they're just like, that wasn't even worth my time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that wasn't even worth Yeah, We've been told all the BS and I had to work my life trying to deconstruct those things. So That's I think- right. And still there's so much work to do too. Still, still, but they just get to a point like that doesn't even matter. In yeah. the grand scheme of things, that don't matter. Yeah. Um. So I think in finding power, I don't think it's a- a thing you meditate on and then you do a 30 day challenge. And there's just so much shit out there that will tell you within 30 days, within five days, there's like these packages where it's like, no, it is a lifetime, right? It is a lifetime of finding and tapping into your power. And then there will be days or months that you will be off that track because we're human and we are literally trying to, swim and come up for oxygen while we're being drowned at the same time. Yeah. And so it's, how do you balance Love that, that? Yeah. How do you balance that? And it's about choosing yourself. It's about choosing what your joy, your alignment. And I think it's really hard to say definitively how you do that. Cause I think we all go through our own process, yeah. but I know what helped for me was I go in phases. So when I recognize when I before I right before I left my own company, I started feeling it physically. And to the point I would go into my own office and feel sick and exhausted. Mm. And and that was when I was still drinking coffee. So I had just had a big cup of coffee and I'm walking in and my energy was zapped. I felt like, oh, my God, I need a nap. Then I felt nauseous. Then I'm like, you don't drink coffee. Did I catch that? I don't. I do. tea. Yeah. So what is this? You're coming on this uh, show all bubbly and energetic. Uh, is this, what are you doing? <laughs> well, right now I'm sipping matcha. Um, okay, and then I do, I do tea, but um, I love coffee. I'm from Seattle. And so I love a good <laughs> cup of coffee, but um, it started making me feel sick. Cause I overdid it when I was mm. younger, I would Got do it. like five cups a day. It was insane. Um, so now my body's like, no, we reject yeah. that. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I think, When I started really tuning in, I was probably 27 by this time. Um, And tuning in, meaning I started feeling this physical, like I would get in my office and leave. And then as soon as I left, I'm like, I feel fine. What's wrong? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, the very thing that I helped to build, I'm rejecting. And now I know that my signs from the universe come in three waves. And if I'm at the physical wave, that means I am way far off because I had two other signs that I ignored. The first is it always shows up for me spiritually first. The second is mentally. I start getting mentally exhausted. The third is physical. If I get to physical, I know that 
I've been having signs drop to me that I was pushing through Mm -hmm. and not listening to. And so I would say my journey really started at 27. um, And it's still a journey. And I think it's more tuning into myself and what my internal um, narrative is saying to me. And we're always getting signs. And I think the issue, though, is that we are told to, especially women, to fit into boxes, to compartmentalize, to put on a smile. And I was just talking to girlfriends about this the other day where I'm just like, you know what? No, I don't want to. And something that we get from the Get Shit Done tribe is they're just like, I, and I I hate authenticity now, the word, because it's just, it's from what we hear from our founders, they're like, it's real AF. Mm -hmm. Like you come in here and it's, I show up real. And I think culturally it's my job, my team's job to set that. And then it invites other people. But, you know, I don't want to have to put on a smile because then someone, if I don't like, oh, she's being bitchy or she's moody. You know, right. yeah, sometimes I am moody and sometimes I'm bitchy. And right. it's called being human. How about that? Yeah. Like, <laughs> like yeah, sometimes I want to like I, I want people to see all parts of me. And right. I think that's a lot of the work that I had to do in terms of finding my power is that. I went for so long trying to amplify the light within me that I pushed down the dark part. But all parts of you, thank God for therapy, but all parts of you need to be nurtured, even the dark sides, because we all have the dark side. But I think what ends up preventing us from owning our power is when we discard parts of ourselves because then we're not whole. Yes. And that means you need to be able to accept and acknowledge the dark and the light and know that both exist. But the thing that I messed up on in that I diminished my own power was because I was only trying to strive for the light. But the darkness within me was a lot of my own trauma and a lot of whatever age that trauma happened, just saying, I need you to see me. I need to be nurtured. I need to be held. Yeah. And so if anything, There's no, in my opinion, there's no process for owning your power that's going to be a one-size-fits-all. It is yours and your journey alone. That's right. And I highly recommend therapy. But what I would say is where to get started is listening to yourself when you feel it mentally, spiritually. And when it starts getting physical, that's when you know that it was already there and you don't need to get to that point. But listening to those ebbs and flows, write it down acknowledge how you feel give yourself grace but then also look at instead of turning away from your dark side and making it bad like when you are bitchy when you are moody or whatever is seeing what is it telling me right now yeah what what inside me needs to be held and cared for that i'm not doing and i think that's a good way to start but there's so much unpacking it's your own journey but i think the first thing is listening to the cues they're always there yeah they're always there what you're saying is literally like i'm getting a little some chill bumps because what speaks volumes about what you just said is um listening to the dark as well as the light because culturally you know we shy away from that 
if it's not uh, bringing us joy or if it's um, if it's doing something negatively to us, um, impacting us in a negative way, uh, we just do not address it. We push it as far down as possible. And so when they do bubble up, it still shows its ugly head. And Oh, it comes out somewhere you know, else. You know, yeah. so we think we're pushing it down and we think we're ignoring it, but it's absolutely showing up. So I really like that you said that, you know, address it head on. Address it head on, uh, the dark moments as well as the light, because it's going to need nurturing just as much as um, the, the, the positive aspects of our life. You touched on something else, the tribe, the get shit done tribe. And I want to learn a little bit more about what you're doing um, in that community. How can one get involved? What's coming up on the horizon for the get shit done tribe? Yeah. So, you know, when we started Get Shit Done, it was really based on where can we make impact so we can see these receipts and results? Because one of the things I say is like you need that inspiration just as much as getting it done. But inspiration ain't going to pay your bills. So (laughs) um, that's the one thing where I'm like, you know, we're the the tribe where it's like, okay, we're taking inspiration to activation. Like we need both. You need the amp you up, you know, okay, you can do this. But where we see a lot of people fall short is like, it's not enough to just be amped up and energized. It's also now, what can you do with that? And also know that not every step is going to be taken, but you got to take those steps. Yeah. Um, And so many people will keep holding it off, especially women, because we feel like, and I know this is within me, I'm a perfectionist. And so this is something I still work on. Um, but when we started, I was like, hmm, what can we do right now? I didn't have a website, I didn't have anything. Um, mind you, I had receipts though. I'd been doing this for a while. Um, Cause I hate when people do that. I didn't have anything, but I'm just like, oh, but you also knew like Tyra Banks. Okay. You had a head start. Stop. Right, right. <laughs> like, I like to give people enough context to know like, we're all starting at our different points. So it, yeah. it, you're on your own journey. Respect the progress um, and the process. Right, exactly. And everyone's starting at different phases. Like I hate when people do just put up a site, but they already had a hundred thousand followers. Stop it. Right. Okay. But look, their Instagram and Facebook is looking like, you know, <laughs> right. Fabulous. <laughs> so beautiful. They got photographers coming every week. Like miss me with that. Like, Oh my God. This is why I love talking to my grandparents. Cause they always get, they're like, child, please. This takes years. Right. And like, you don't know what's going on behind the, the closed doors either. Cause there's, I know plenty oh, of yes. people that have plenty of followers and they putting a smile on and then behind the closed doors, they are struggling both mentally, financially, emotionally, everything. Do not compare your journey to anybody else's. I have to tell myself all the time. Um, but yeah, it really came from, Again, those ex- collection of experiences, we started with our accelerator program because it was how can we get R&D? I want to understand when we have these cohorts of people together and we're working towards traction outcomes so they can scale on their own terms, what can we do and how can we observe not only give them the right resources, but put these women in a uh, cohort together to transform outcomes And we're now going in our sixth cohort in almost a little over a year. Um, We've served now 50 companies and it was a great learning process to understand, whoa, what happens when you create a space that's real AF, 
does not ask women to show up any different than who they are. I think again, my own journey helps me to create this space because I, I don't like these. I think a lot of women's spaces are put a smile on. Oh, everyone, it's so good. Nothing but I'm like, I have plenty of women that come in and say, you know what? Today fucking sucked. Yep. It sucked. And I just need to talk about it right now. And I don't want to be on. I don't want to have to, you know, like that. I think that's the first thing is what we observed from the accelerator is letting people have space to be and breathe. And then the second thing was what happens when you focus on creating outcomes together to see what happens in your business. And I'm really proud of all of them because at the end of the day, we have com- we're founders coming out where they are increasing revenues 5,000% in 30 days. They're acquiring companies. They're closing checks from investors. They're increasing um, their users by 222%. And about to go into labor, they're going into labor and signing off on investor check. Like there's just so much. And it's, you know, helped me to see what happens when you create that type of space, but also when it's focused on transforming and creating outcomes together and moving towards a direction together. Um, That's what really prompted us to say, this is a tribe. And I started getting all these women. If you would have asked me three, four years ago, if I'd be a community founder, I would have laughed in your face. I'd be like, that's cute. What does that even mean? Um, but you need like your tribe though. You need you your need tribe your to tribe. check you every now and again. Um, not just sing your praises, you know? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I let mean, you know when you're doing some some, stuff, some foul stuff too, you know? Yes, and I, you know, I actually, there was the, the imposter syndrome in me was also, I think more afraid of, showing up in that way because I had to be so raw and vulnerable. Whereas in my former companies, I could hide behind technology and all that other stuff. And it's like, no, if I'm up here, I have to be, I'm stripped. (laughs) I'm stripped. Like, and I think that was, was like, uh, but I think, you know, what really started being eye opening to me, I started getting all these messages from women all over the world and signing up for our mailing list on following us. And then when we finally just put a, you know, a, a list together, people started just signing up and without us even having anything done, they're like, I'm so grateful to be a part of this community. So and I'm looking around. They found you, Alex. They found me. I was like, where's the community at? I don't know where y'all, our founders in the program are here, but where where are we hanging out? Like, what's this? That's awesome. Um, that, lets me, that lets you know that what you're doing is resonating with a lot of people and it's truly powerful and transformational. So I think that's yeah, volume to the work that you're doing. Yeah, I appreciate that. And I think I had disowned that for so long because I always tell people my first book's going to be called Fuck the Should Be's because we always should ourselves. And we always say, well, I should be doing this. I should be doing that. And I was such a high tech founder before. And all my companies have been tech enabled in some way. And I thought, well, you have to have this tool and this AI and blah, blah, blah. And I'm just like, none of that. It's always funny to me when founders now say we're AI powered. I'm like, no, you're AI supported. You're people powered. <laughs> yeah, like right. that AI right. shit without people putting in data and all of that. Like, I think that's also, this is a whole nother side note. One of the problems we have today within this space is that we put people as an afterthought where none of this should exist without people. So you need to protect the best asset, starting with yourself. Right. So when it came to our tribe, now what we're looking at it and starting with our current founders is how do we create this space beyond just our accelerator program 
where women can continue to create and have transformative outcomes in their businesses together and elevate together, rise together. That's really big. And more importantly to me, it's about the receipts, but also having a space where you can so fully show up. And I mean, you, there's like family, you're going to have conflict. I cannot stand spaces where women are completely discouraged from having it out. Like with yeah. dudes, I see dudes punch each other in the face and hug five minutes later. Exactly. Exactly. And I'm not saying physical violence is the answer. No, it's not. No, but I hear you. Like we're so hard on each other. You know, we the are. expectation bar is just not consistent, you know, when it's it comes not. to men and women. And uh, yeah. you're right. They give attaboys all the time without even thinking, you know? And it's and like family. That's exactly. It's like family. I have it out with my family all the time. I still love them. And you know what? I need to be able to say, you know what? That made me mad. Yeah. That This thing upset me. Because right. if we don't, again, the dark in the light, we continue to tell women to put on a smile. Yeah, and we are, we are discarding so much of who we are and we take on so much shit. Exactly. And... And then there's a part of us that is numb and we're not able to serve ourselves, serve our communities in the way that we were best constructed and designed to do. So exactly. that's what we're doing now is now we're going to be opening up our tribe beyond just our program, um, but doing it very intentionally and starting with our founders now is how do we co-create with them and get feedback from them? And then what does it look like when we open that out up beyond um, and let more women in who are building scalable companies who want that support on their journey, who are saying, this is the type of support I need. And I will tell you straight up, get shit done is not for everybody. Yeah. I'm not for everybody because this is very based on how and that's okay. And that's okay. And I'm okay. I love that. Oh my God. Oh my God. I would much rather, you know, and there's certain people that will come like, I want to be, and I can tell their energy. I can tell what they're, where they need support from what they're telling me. And I will say, hey, there's this community over there that I think you would really benefit Absolutely. from. I love that. I'm glad you shared how one can join the tribe because your tribe is doing amazing things. One of the things I like to do on the Know You First podcast is talk about these selfish moments. And these selfish moments, you kind of touched on it a little bit, you know, when you were getting burnt out, when you wanted to level up in your respective pursuits in business. But if you have a selfish moment, um, which is the time when you had to, to regroup, you had to focus inward and, you know, have that selfish moment to bring yourself to the next level. Do you have a time that you can share with us uh, on the show today? Oh, my God. I feel like I have them all the time. Um, and I, I think this is the other thing that makes me side eye so much stuff out there for women, because it takes on this, I was like this before and now I'm always amazing. Um, I think, again, it, it discards pieces of ourselves, which is not healthy. Um, there's plenty of times, even now, I've been doing this for a long time. There's still moments where I don't have it figured out. I don't feel fabulous. And it's crazy because I'll talk to family or friends and they're just like, oh my God, can you just, just, be grateful for all the things you already done. But yeah. I think it's always in us is that, you know. And you said you're a perfectionist, so that's coming out. I'm a perfectionist. I'm sure for you. I am a therapist described hyper achieving perfectionist. Like, <laughs> yeah. Um, As most entrepreneurial women are, you know? Mm -hmm. So, yeah, you're fitting the bill over there, Alex. Yeah. So, the, the, the fabulous thing, I would say, 
There's many moments. I mean, I felt this actually, what's today, Wednesday, Monday, where I actually usually love Mondays, but I did not sleep well um, the night before. And I am an eight hour person. I don't believe in that, that like, oh, you're going to hustle and grind. No, 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 you're going to sleep. Yeah. (laughs) No. I am the same way. I have to get my seven, eight hours. uh, I need seven, eight. It's going to be ugly for all involved. I'm not happy and I'm not performing at my best. Like, again, it is, we've created this toxic culture that tells us to give away so much of ourselves for what? Right. Yeah. Who are we doing it for now? Um, So I would say, yeah, and I was did not feel fabulous. I was just like, I felt disorganized, mm-hmm. even though I had my list, but I didn't want to do anything. And I texted a friend who's like one of my accountability buddies. And I was like, you know what, Michael, I'm feeling this way. And, and she was just like, she sent me a picture. And this is why getting out of your head and talking to your tribe is really important. She sent me a picture of her gardening. She was like, oh, girl, I woke up this morning and I was like, Fuck Monday, we go garden today. <laughs> and then she started I'm not gardening. mad at that. I'm not. She was gardening. She was. She was. Then later showed me like her. Like she was making zoodles for her family. Like, and yeah. I just got on my funk. I knew I had obligations that I did that day that I needed to get to. But then I was like, after this thing's done, I'm turning off. And I think so often. We won't give ourselves oxygen first, but like literally I've been on so many flights and it wasn't until I left my last company where I listened. I didn't have my headphones in and the person just kept saying the flight attendant, you got to give yourself oxygen first. If we go down, you got to give yourself right. oxygen first. That's Same right. thing in your life. It was one of my one of the best corniest analogies, but it's so right. Yeah, um, I didn't feel fabulous this Monday. Also, I would say one of the most selfish things that I did is actually my former business leaving. I left a multi-million dollar business. My co-founders were still, they stayed and ran it Um, a year and a half later. It exited. But and why did you do that, Alex? Why did you just walk away from it all? It was a combination of things. Um, Whatever you care to comfortable enough. to. Oh, I'm I'm an open book. There's like a resignation. (laughs) There's a public resignation. Um, I'm very open book. Um, But the the top was I burnt myself out in my last company. Um, and to, I think, again, this is where those signs in the universe are always coming. And probably a year before I resigned, I kept getting all these signs and I kept saying, nope. And that's why I say, fuck the should be's because I kept shooting myself. I should be waiting until we exit. I should. So we get here and there and, but I wasn't happy. Yeah. And it took the universe kept giving, I was getting mint. I got spiritually exhausted. Then it was mental. Then it became physical. And it wasn't until the universe knows its children. I'm going to tell you right now. It knows when to push you. And I am so stubborn and hard headed. And I'm like, I'm going to do it. And I like to be in control. And that's something therapy has really helped me with. Are you a Taurus or Aries? I'm getting like fire sign vibes. I am a light Leo through and through. Oh, of course. Of course. How did I forget about that? (laughs) I have a Leo sun rising in an Aquarius moon. Yes, ma'am. You are. And I like, I will roar and whatever. But um, (laughs) yeah, I'm an Aries. And I was feeling those fire. I was feeling that fire vibe. My sister is an Aries. My mother is a Sagittarius and my poor brother's a Gemini. He's like, there's a lot happening here. <laughs> so <laughs> it's a lot of fire. But also that's why my brother loves very, very like opinionated, strong women. Um, yeah. So, I wonder why. you know, in that former company, I wonder why. Right. Um, <laughs> but yeah, in that former company, it wasn't until the universe knew how to get my attention. And that's that is if you tell me I can't do something so I remember leaving um 
to go back home and I got this weird um, calendar invite from my former co-founder and it was really off. And you know, like women, we're one of our superpowers is intuition. You feel it before mm-hmm. it comes. Mm-hmm. And I remember I just had this rising anxiety before I got back to the office. And then I get down. I'm not, um, she's not in the, the room yet. And which is unlike her. Cause she was always earlier than me. <laughs> um, then as she's coming down, it was her and a former investor that was on our board. And I was like, Hmm, what are we doing here? Exactly. So they started the conversation with, you know what? They're like, Alex, you're such a hustler. We love everything you've contributed to this company. We want to raise your salary by this much. And I'm like, huh? that's funny. We're all underpaid. <laughs> what do you mean? Mm-hmm. Keep the money. We're just going towards the exit. You're not doing this for that. Especially they tried when you're running it, that though. Look company. at that. They tried it. But then they were like, the butt was, well, we need you to step down so we can make room for gray hairs. And then as the... The company or the the conversation progressed. Became well, wow. oh yeah. Um, and in that moment, it was fascinating because there was many things happening. There was the fire in me. The other side, uh, and I'm naturally a fighter. I'm ready to go. Like that first, <laughs> I can tell. I'm a. I'm naturally like, wait, what'd you say? Um, but then the other part of me, there was that. There was sadness. There was anxiety, the weirdest cocktail of emotions mm-hmm. that I had to sit with. And I think I was paralyzed because I was feeling all these things at once. And it probably took me And really what they were trying to do is bring someone who was more seasoned in. And I would basically continue doing the work that I was doing. So it would just be a face um, for us to raise more capital. And I'm like, it took I was crazy for a week to consider staying. And then I came out of that craziness. And I was like, no, I know my value. Yeah. So I left. But I would say that was just the cherry on top because that pushed me to make the move because I missed all the other signs. So feeling not fabulous. I didn't feel fabulous in that moment. I felt like I was unworthy. I felt like I didn't I wasn't good enough. I felt and there was so much. But in that moment, it also taught me that I am not my work, I am not my output, mm-hmm. and that I am so grateful for that part of my life because it brought me to get shit done. That experience too. That's right. For me to be doing what I'm doing now at Get Shit Done, that fury, like I needed that fire of experiencing Absolutely. what it feels like to be powerless in your company. Yes. That experience had to happen because then I wouldn't have been able to create the space we've created at Get Shit Done because not only am I about I know my shit and we've, I've done it so I can empathize with you, but I also am not looking down at you from an ivory tower. I can look at women who feel powerless, who feel stuck in their company and say, oh honey, I got a story to tell you. That's right. You know what it feels like to be demoted within your own company? That's right. That's right. Honey. That's right. <laughs> Absolutely. There's and you know, I'm sure they were times. looking at you like, okay, I'm not alone. Because we oftentimes think we are. Yeah. Especially, you know, us headstrong yes. women, you know, pseudo perfectionists. We're always like we're, we're trying to be on all the time. And I'm glad you reminded us that you always. don't. You can keep take your cape off, put that aside, bring it back out when you you know are feeling ready. Um, you can absolutely do that. I was just thinking of some moments in time when I was in the C-suite and they did a reorg without informing me. <laughs> and I was like, 
how does that work? <laughs> you know? Um, and when it all went down, yep. um, there was some, of course, you know, in the C-suite, there's like a lot of political power happening anyways. But the CEO, he was favoring another person on the team. And it was nothing mm. contributing to... It had nothing to do with my skills. It had nothing to do with the, the revenue I was generating. It was simply outside of something unbeknownst to me. Um, a relationship was brewing on the team, um, and I caught the brunt of that. So when all these things were happening, and of course they bring you into the little room, and yeah, they sandwich the conversation. They tell you how great you are, and then they have the butt in the middle, and then they want you at the end to process it all. Um, and of course, like you, I was just like, uh, there's no way that I'm going to sit here and There's continue no. in this environment and work with you crazy people. Um, because yeah, you're right. You knew, I knew my worth. And actually a lot of it had to do with the launch of this podcast, you know? Yeah. So I, I think that we need, you and I both needed to go through that though, Alex, you know, we both needed to go Everybody through that. Is. Yes, exactly. Um, well, as we are coming to the end of this segment, one of the other things I like to do is, um, I'm, first of all, I'm a big quote person because I have a ton of ideas. I'm always getting distracted. And so I need quotes and words of affirmation and positivity around me to keep my head in the game. I'm always curious to know what those quotes are for the people that come on the show, because it's always something different. And um, it's just really interesting to hear what kind of keeps people going day to day. And I love to hear, Alex, you know, what your default is uh, that keeps you motivated, someone who's not necessarily born and driven like you are. Um, you know, what are you doing to keep yourself uh, in the game and um, I guess present fully in the work that you do? You'll, you'll probably, and this might not resonate with a lot of people like, girl, I need you to just tell me all the tips. But this is how I feel like one of my friends said this to me the other day. He was like, tips and opinions are like assholes. There's a dime a dozen. But, There's you know, a, that's the quote. <laughs> that's it right there. OK, we're done. It's kind of like hair products. I used to spend so much time on YouTube. Trying to, she looks like she has hair like mine. And then you spend all this money on hair products. It's like until you do it for yourself and figure out what works for you. And so I say that because I don't have ongoing affirmations for myself. I actually do this thing where I track, I have like a joy tracker each day. I like when I meditate and pray every morning, that is the first thing I do. Even if I'm running behind, that is, I refuse to not, I'll have to be late to something if that is the case, but I need to get my mind right. I need to put my intentions out. Yeah. Just say what's coming to mind for me that day. I'll do a meditation on however, what's coming up for me, how I'm feeling. So actually this morning it was around um, like trusting the process. That was it. I was, that was really heavy on me last night. Um, and then I just prayed and said, here's what I want today. Today I want to, I want to align with my joy. I want to enjoy the process of what I'm creating. I want to make connections with people. Um, and I want to flow in where you want me to go today, what you want me to do today and take the control off. Because yeah. when I keep trying to control things, I'm also unhappy. Mm -hmm. And so for me, I would say, and my advice to people or an affirmation or a quote is, you know, I always just ask myself, am I aligning with my joy? That is, did I go down a, a rabbit hole today? Well, why did I go down that rabbit hole? What came up for me? What was I doing? Oh, those are just, this thing triggered that thought. And so 
what kept me in that loop and sometimes I can't get myself out of the loop and it just needs like that happened on me for Monday and I was like just shut it down it's time yeah. to shut it down <laughs> and take a bath I took a bath I did my cards and I went to sleep yeah. and so I would say you know your affirmations your quotes I really encourage people is build the ones that work for you yeah. like what speaks to you and they're going to change based on your different phase and where you're at. So that's really important to me is that you can take pieces from what other people offer you. But what I truly hope again, you choose what's right for you and align with your joy, because that might not look like someone else's affirmations, daily steps, daily diet or whatever. It's how do you feel? What makes you joyful? And I really hope um, that you choose that for yourself. Very well said. And with that, trust the process, align your joy. Alex Batdorf here. Thank you so much for coming to the show and shedding some of you and some of your awesomeness. When you're in DC, holler at your girl. I absolutely would do the same when I go to New York one of these days. I really appreciate you. Thank you so much for having me. The word. The word. Welcome to The Word. For those who are just now joining us on this Know You First podcast, Self Love Fest, um, here's where I share key takeaways from the show. So I'm not leaving you hanging on none of this work that I share week after week. I want to share some tools that I think you should embrace and that you can really apply right away right now to help you tackle your most challenging goals. Tip one, find a system that works for you. And that's okay if you don't have the same system as someone else around you, even someone else that you may idolize or look up to. You know, we each have our unique ways about ourselves to get us motivated. What works for me does not work for you. So stop playing the comparison game and establish a realistic plan. It's going to stick in the long run. Tip two, clear out time to get things done. We talk about getting things done. You have to remove all the distractions around you to do just that. You need time to strategize and focus and all that effort takes time. So don't rule it out. You can put that time on your calendar just like you do any other important meeting that's not for you. You know, add those times on your calendar where you are dedicating this moment for you. Eliminate those distractions and you know what? Hire help if needed. You know, don't be too prideful. My final tip here, number three, go for yours. You will need to believe in yourself when no one else does. Find your why and really let your passion do the rest. And that's all I have for you guys this week. Tune in next week. You already know it's Amanda Smith, y'all, on the Know You First podcast. Executive producer and host Amanda Smith. Sound engineer is Rashad Smith. Music by Motion Array. Know You First podcast is published by Wave Sync Media.